NASA tries to move an asteroid off its path. Retail theft is surging and companies have no choice but to respond. The housing market is bad, really bad. Russia is ignoring U.S. copyrights. Big surprise, right? And more on today's Random Thoughts podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 206 of the Random Thoughts podcast that is spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com, online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. A lot to cover on today's show, including a NASA project that I found kind of interesting because doomsday, we all know it's coming at some point or another. And there's a lot of stuff that is just flying around in space. And eventually, something is going to hit the planet Earth as it has in the past and cause all sorts of death and destruction. But we want to believe that we have the ability to mitigate these threats. And there have been movies in the past that have dealt with this. I don't remember the one that I saw, I think it was a Bruce Willis, you know, it was a big action movie. We're going to go save the earth and we are going to destroy the asteroid or we're going to move the trajectory of the asteroid. So planet earth and humanity will be saved. The question is, is humanity really worth saving at this point? I don't know, but NASA is working on this problem. And I thought this was interesting. They spend a lot of money, which is okay. I guess it's research, it's development, and the money is going to a much better place than, you know, just forgiving a bunch of student loans or sending billions of dollars over to Ukraine at this point. But with that said, this was a $325 million mission, which, I mean, again, I guess compared to what kind of money we're spending On other things right now, this is pretty much on the low end. But they were trying to figure out if we have the ability, if we have the technical ability to go out and intercept an asteroid long before it gets to planet Earth. Now, there's a couple of issues with this. And the first and foremost is we don't always know. It seems that there have been plenty of times with following the news over the last decade or so where a story pops up and it's like, hey, there's this big rock hurtling through space. We just saw it. It's almost going to hit the earth, but it's going to miss. So we have to assume that you're going to see it coming. I mean, a system for something that is slow moving maybe has a decaying orbit, sure. But that doesn't mean you're going to always see it coming. In this case, NASA set its sights on a harmless hunk of space rock known as Dimorphos. It measures 525 feet wide 
and it orbits a 2,500-foot asteroid known as Didymos. Neither of these posed any threat to Earth. This was just going to be, hey, let's see what happens if we build a little device and we send it out there and we slam it into the smaller of these asteroids. Again, 525 feet wide. So not the size of a planet or anything like that, obviously, but a pretty big rock. It is 6.8 million miles away from Earth. So, yeah, no impending danger or anything there. 6.8 million miles, which took this device about 10 months to reach it. So, NASCA sent this little thing up there, which is the size of a vending machine. So, you have a little spacecraft, size of a vending machine, spends 10 months, goes out to this asteroid which is 525 feet wide. And basically what happened was this little vending machine spacecraft slammed into the asteroid at 14,000 miles an hour. They will now try to determine whether that did anything. Again, I guess you have to go by the size of the spacecraft, which again, vending machine, up against something that's 525 feet wide. I'm kind of thinking sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug. I don't know the last time a car went off the road because a, a really big bug hit the windshield. I don't know if any bugs out there ever adjusted the trajectory of a semi-truck or even a small little car. So I guess we're going to have to find out. But the people at NBC News, man, they are right on top of this. Again, let's understand a little spacecraft the size of a vending machine ran into a really big rock at 14,000 miles per hour. The folks at NBC News say, quote, the probe was not expected to survive the crash, end quote. (laughs) Really? Did anybody expect us to survive the crash? 1,400 miles an hour into a rock i mean i know we're building our spacecrafts really durable and all have these people never watched auto racing you could really destroy a car which is a lot bigger than a vending machine going 100 miles an hour Fourteen thousand miles an hour thanks nbc for telling us that it was not suspected to survive the crash most of us have seen the video of airplanes going into the World Trade Centers. Yeah, I would not expect something hitting at that rate to survive. The question will now be, I guess this was one thing that was genius about this whole thing was as it got closer to the target asteroid here, they had another payload, which was another smaller vehicle type thing, which had cameras. So there's video of this. And it's kind of interesting to me. We can get video from 6.8 million miles away, but sometimes it's hard to get Wi-Fi. But I digress. This seems like it was a worthy thing to test out. We don't have the data yet as if it actually did anything 
to the orbit of this 525-foot-wide asteroid known as Dimorphos. But if it did, I guess that's good. I guess that's uh, a bag of tricks to have ready in case we ever actually have an asteroid that is headed directly towards the Earth. And then uh, we'll see if it can actually get up in time and do what it's supposed to do. But I've always been really interested in space travel, the stuff NASA is doing. This seems like a good thing to do to defend the planet. Whether it would actually work or not, I guess we'll find out. Maybe it moved this asteroid an inch or two in its orbit, and then that will be a success. Now, back here on Earth, we are realizing more and more that we have absolutely no control over the populace. Crime is running rampant. Again, let's thank those liberal district attorneys, more often than not funded by George Soros, because again, we don't want to put anybody with too much melatonin in their skin in jail if they commit a crime because they are victims. They're not the ones that are doing bad things. No, it is everybody else, every other law-abiding citizen. They're the bad ones, and they have to pay the price. That's equity. Retail theft, still out of control. We've harped on that part enough. The fact that you can walk into stores in major cities around the United States and openly steal. And as long as you don't hit the magic amount, which is usually around $1,000 in the local jurisdiction, you can walk out with really no fear of anything happening to you because it's too small potatoes. They don't have time to deal with you, so they're not going to arrest you. They're not going to do anything. And you wonder why crime surges because people overall are not good when left to their own devices, when they understand that there are no repercussions and they see other people doing it. That I believe is a big, big part of it. I think there are a decent amount of people who would have otherwise been honest law abiding citizens that are a little tired. If they're in a Target or they're in a Walgreens and they see a group of people come in and just steal everything they want and walk out unchecked, if you're that law-abiding citizen who is going to pay, maybe you think twice. Maybe you say, well, you know, if these people can do it, maybe I should just do it too. Retail theft through the roof. A recent story from the Wall Street Journal reports that a couple of major retailers in the United States, Best Buy and Home Depot, have started locking up way more of their inventory. This goes along with what we've talked about in the past, where there are now stores where you can walk into where, oh, you want makeup? That's locked in a case. Oh, you want razor blades? That's locked in a case. Diapers? Locked in a case. Everything locked in a case because... We can't control the populace. We cannot control the out-of-control thefts because, again, local authorities have decided that they're not going to prosecute, which means the criminals are emboldened to continue to steal more and more. And this is way, way up over the last couple of years 
I don't have numbers on that, but the Wall Street Journal article reported that back in 2019, $69.9 billion worth of products were stolen from retailers. $69.9 billion stolen in 2019. I can only imagine what those numbers are today. It would be surprising if they weren't well over double that because, again, the thievery, the shoplifting, the outright retail theft has been running rampant because nothing's being done to stop it. And the stores, they actually want to stay in business. And they've realized that the more stuff that they leave on the shelves, the more stuff is going to walk out. So I think we've all seen this. If you walk into a store rather than the box of what you want sitting there, there's a little tag sitting there. It's like, bring this to the register. And you know it's never a quick thing to bring that to the register and get your product. Costco does it fairly well, and they've always been doing this with larger or very high ticket items. You bring it to the register, a little ticket, and they have a cage area very close to the registers. So while you're being checked out, somebody runs and gets the product. The more you have to do that with everything in the store, the slower that becomes, the more inconvenient that becomes. And really, I don't know if it deters much theft or does it just relocate that theft somewhere else? A representative for Home Depot said that overall theft attempts continue to rise and where shoppers don't like when the items are locked and Home Depot tries to avoid it, he said that uh, gradually the interesting thing was sales begin to go back up at the stores that aggressively lock up the items because they're actually in stock when people want them. You know, rather than being ripped off by the thieves, you might actually have a chance to get the product rather than going in and having these shelves being bare. And he said, when these things have been done, these aggressive maneuvers are helping to deter thefts. The question is, where's that balance in customer service and people still willing to come in and shop, having to deal with Well, just bring a ticket to the front, and then maybe they'll go find you one. The question is how that all ends up working out. So if you go to your favorite store, and the shelves look pretty bare, and there's just little tickets that say, bring this to the front, or bring this somewhere else in the store to get the product, you'll know why. It is because of the liberal district attorneys which I'll go right up to the Biden administration who is applauding this and asking for more. And it's all backed by George Soros. You can go figure out why this is being done. Capitalism bad. Crash the system. Make everybody pay more because that is equity. If that makes sense to you, vote Democrat. If that doesn't make sense to you, then you really, really have to look in the mirror and wonder what you're voting for. This isn't uh, an abstract concept anymore. This is not, this is gonna happen someday. No, this is happening now. This is happening in your local grocery store. You can't get peanut butter because people keep stealing peanut butter. I'm sure that's really convenient 
to just take the little tag to the front and say, hi, can I have some peanut butter, please? When your shopping experience takes five times longer than it would have otherwise, or the items just aren't there. I mean, the supply chain issues are still a big part of this. Along with the theft, it is getting bad again. I do my grocery shopping online because I know I hate going into a grocery store. And this was started under the COVID pandemic, but I find it to be a much more convenient way to shop, especially now that so many items are out of stock. It's way easier for me to find a comparable item doing it online rather than being in the store. And part of that is because I have a major issue with monosodium glutamate, the evil MSG, which is a neurotoxin and poison as far as I'm concerned, which it triggers migraines. And when something's not in stock, it's not easy for me, especially with crappy eyes. If you're trying to get a soup or something like that, and you know it doesn't have MSG, well, they don't have that particular brand of soup. It's not easy to go, well, yeah, just grab the next one. The label has to be read in its entirety to make sure there's no MSG, and I applaud the companies. There are a few of them out there that very clearly on the package are like, no MSG, (laughs) you're getting my sale, because I don't want to have to go read often the ultra-small printing on the package or the can to find out if it says monosodium glutamate. Don't want to have to do it, but it's necessary when you have an allergy to something that causes you an inconvenience if you consume it. But this is where we're at. The items you want are locked or they're not on the shelves. And none of this was happening back two years ago. What was the difference two years ago? Well, I think, I think you know. I think you know the major difference. Is your life better right now than it was when Joey Biden took office? If it is, let me know. I would love to hear from you, Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N at randomthoughts.com. I hope you know how to spell it by now. But let me know if your life's actually better because of Joe Biden and the Democrats over the last two years. Would love to know. Because I don't see any pluses coming out of the whole democratic machine, but maybe I'm missing something. The housing market, something I've touched on a few times here, the housing market, according to CNBC, home prices cooled in July at the fastest rate in the history of the S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller Index, which means it's really bad. From what I can tell, this index has looked at this market going back to 1890. So that tells you, this is a big, quick drop. The worst that's ever been seen. If you're currently out there in the housing market, I wish you well. If you're selling, not good. If you're buying and you have cash, that's great. I mean, of course, if you were taking money out of a 401k or some stocks, then those are probably way down. As well, thanks to Uncle Joey, the stock market lost something like $7 trillion in worth since Joe Biden took office again. If you're finding this to be a good thing, let me know. According to George Ratiu, 
who is a senior economist and manager of economic research at the website Realtor.com. He says, quote, for homeowners planning to list, today's market is significantly different than the one from even three weeks ago. Let that sink in. Drastically, significantly different than where the market was three weeks ago. This article from CNBC points out, quote, home prices are dropping because affordability has weakened dramatically due to fast rising mortgage rates. The average rate on the popular 30-year fixed mortgage started this year around 3%. By June, it had briefly surpassed 6 and it's remained in the high five range throughout July and is now edging towards 7%, making the average monthly payment about 70% higher than it was one year ago, end quote. That is the important part. Your monthly payment is up because of the mortgage rates 70% from where it was one year ago. Again, if you're digging this, if you're enjoying this, if you love what Joey Biden is bringing to the United States, reach out and let me know. The housing market is crashing. People can no longer afford to get into homes because of the interest rates. Inflation is raging. Anybody that's buying groceries is seeing that. Gas prices where they were coming down a little bit are going back up again. So anybody that is driving a vehicle is seeing this. Overall, not good. And now a story that I found just kind of humorous with all that is going on in the world. And if you hear some loud noises, there are some lawnmowers going on outside. We're doing a test of the quality noise gate and a quality microphone to try to keep that all to a minimum. But the story is U.S. copyright groups are concerned about Russia's handling of online piracy. I mean, we all know what's going on in Ukraine. And we know from things we've talked about here, and probably you've seen this around. There's a lot of companies because of what is happening in Ukraine that have been trying to sanction big bad Russia. Netflix being one of them, which is like, we're not going to let anybody in Russia buy our services. And we think this is going to hurt Vladimir Putin. How? I don't know. It seems a lot like nothing but virtue signaling to me. But what do I know? But there's a lot of companies that do business or are based in the United States that have decided they are not going to do business in Russia at this point. Now, what happens when the entertainment industry decides to do that, or really the software industry, they're both kind of entertainment to a lot of degrees. When you decide to go to a country the size of Russia and go, hey, we're not going to send you the latest movies or, hey, we're not going to send you the latest software. We're not going to let you if you give it, if you get it, we're not going to let you license it. So you're not going to be able to use all the features. Well, that's when people turn to piracy. And that is exactly what is happening. This article on Torrent Freak mainly dealing with what's going on with the movie theaters in Russia, but I'm sure this is widespread. So basically, Hollywood said to these Russian people that own movie theaters, we're not going to send you the latest movie. So, haha, 
you're in trouble. Well, I hate to tell the people in Hollywood, it's not hard to get access to the latest movies in a digital file. And this is how they're being sent to movie theaters now, too. This is not some big special thing that you need to show a movie anywhere. You just need a good digital file. It doesn't even have to be a perfect digital file because you don't need the amount of lines of resolution that you would on your super high-def TV. A lot of the movie theaters, especially the older ones, you know, you're going to a very, very large screen. So it doesn't have to be perfect. I know that seems antithetical or the opposite of what it should be. Is that what antithetical means? I think that's what it means. Do you ever have that argument with yourself when you're talking to somebody and you say something and you're like, wow, was that the right thing to say? Was that the right word to say? Am I an idiot? Am I correct? And uh, yeah, it can throw everything right off track. I can tell you that. But that's exactly what's happening here. Russia is getting movies. They're getting them on the usual pirate sites, probably. And they're showing them in the movie theaters. And what can the United States do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Do you think the United States is going to be able to go to Russia? They can't even get that WNBA player, Brittany Griner, out. I know they've been saying they want to, allegedly. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. And it's interesting there, too, again, the way the media portrays a lot of this stuff. I've seen vastly different coverage with some sources like, well, a bunch of WNBA players are making a statement by not going to play in Russia. Instead, they're looking at opportunities in Turkey and elsewhere. Yeah. But then the other articles say, yeah, there's still a lot of WNBA players going to Russia to play. And if a lot of WNBA players are still going to Russia to play, that tells me they know that it's relatively safe. You just don't break the drug laws. In this case, Russia is looking at their laws, which I guess they currently had one, which protected the copyright holders, you know, even in the big bad United States. And this article on Torrent Freak says Russia's response to the sanctioning specifically a bill that would allow Russian companies to obtain licenses for copyrighted content against the will of U.S. companies is seen as a grave concern. The IIPA writes, it has been recently reported that the government of Russia is drafting legislation that, if enacted, would drastically undermine exclusive rights. As U.S. industries have suspended operations in Russia in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Such a bill, in effect, would legalize piracy of copyrighted materials owned by U.S. copyrights holders in clear violation of Russia's WTO obligations, essentially amounting to state-sanctioned intellectual property theft. Again, I just found it kind of funny that anybody thinks Russia's going to do anything to help the movie makers or musicians or whatever going into Russia now. With all of the sanctions and all of the stuff the United States has pulled in a proxy war with Russia, using Ukraine as their pawns, well, you have to understand what's going on here. Why would the enemy of yours do anything to help your companies? It makes no sense, United States. Maybe you should think a little bit further ahead before getting involved everywhere you're getting involved but joey's brain is mush he doesn't know what's going on he has no idea what's going on again if you know something good that's happened because of joey being president let me 
No, it seems Uncle Joey is still politicking, even with Florida right now, Governor DeSantis. To be fair, I don't know who's at fault in this situation, but just guessing. While Hurricane Ian sets its sight on Florida, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody down there. If you need to evacuate, hopefully that all goes safely. And if we can make it sound just like a COVID-19 thing, we could just say, stay safe, stay safe, stay safe, something like that. Stay safe. Mother nature is almost as hard to control as an out of control populist. Yeah, watch the video of the Wawa store that was rampaged by a group of juveniles in Philadelphia. It is completely out of control. The country is out of control. The police show up, do not make one arrest. I mean, there was like 100 plus people went in, ransacked, totally destroyed the store, broke shelves. I mean, everything. They went into this little convenience store, destroyed everything. The cops show up and like, yeah, we'll just disperse. Nothing else to be done here. I don't know how this stops these types of folks from committing these acts again and again and again. Oh, wait, it doesn't. Which is why we're in the mistake. The, uh, that is why we are in the state that we are right now, which is a mistake. For all you people that voted the D, yeah, that was your mistake. This is what you get. Look around you. See what is going on. Understand what caused it, you morons. And try to fix it try to fix it since it seems we have a theme for this show which is just repeating itself over and over again i think it's time to move to the value for value segment this show is a value for value proposition which means i put these shows out there and if you have gotten any value out of them whatsoever it is up to you to decide how much value you received from the show was it a candy bar's worth what is a candy bar today i was looking at cupcakes because my wife's birthday's today when I was doing the grocery shopping. And like one cupcake is five bucks. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So is this value for value? Is it worth a cupcake? Five bucks? Is it worth a Starbucks coffee, which is probably what, about 10 bucks now? If you want something like a Frappuccino, something like that. Is it worth a vinyl record, which are going between 20 and 30 bucks? Is it worth a, a couple of sandwiches at your local pizzeria? We went out last night. Wife and I each just had a uh, Italian beef sandwich with some fried pickles. And uh, that was like 45, 50 bucks. So you decide. I understand Uncle Joey's inflation. You might be tightening your belts, but hopefully you still got some value out of the show. And if you can show some value back, it would be greatly appreciated. We do have a few people to thank for today's show, including our buddy, Craig Knowlesley. You might know him as Cooking with Craig over on YouTube up in beautiful Canada, the Great White North, coming in with 33.33. It is very much appreciated, sir. Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley coming in with his $15 a month, and that is also greatly appreciated. He is one of the biggest podcast supporters out there right now. Sir Sean, it is appreciated. Now, that is not a lawnmower. If you can hear that, that is the uh, weed whacker going on now. But if you uh, want to take part in this whole value for value proposition, just go over to random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com online slash donate. 
You can click the donate button to do a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses if you want to go the crypto route. You can use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route. And you can go to patreon.com slash random thoughts. If you're in that ecosystem, we don't have any other extra material there. But if you're in that ecosystem, it's an easy way to go. And if you're using a podcasting 2.0 app, and if not, go to newpodcastapps.com to find out more. You can send us a boostagram right now with a message, a perfect time to let me know how Joe Biden's presidency has affected you. But you can also just stream Satoshi's while you're listening to all your shows so you can support the podcast that you listen to with a small little bit of crypto for every minute that you listen to. It's an excellent system. Thanks to Adam Curry, Dave Jones, and a cast of probably millions by now for setting all of that up. It is very much appreciated. As a side note, I know if Bandrew Scott is listening, he's like, stop recording when all of this stuff's going on outside. Why are you going? What are you doing? Yeah, I just, I couldn't stop. I'm on a time crunch. I want to get the episode out. You can't always be a perfectionist. Watch, now the filters will take all noises out and it'll sound perfect and everybody will just think I was uh, imagining things. I'm just hearing the voices in my head. Somebody help me. And I really do appreciate everybody for taking the time to listen to these episodes. I did the math after the last episode and realized that the Random Thoughts podcast is now put out over 122 hours of material over five days straight if you don't like to sleep. And it's amazing how much stuff we have covered. And it is always an honor to look at the numbers and see that people are at least downloading hopefully listening as well. But I appreciate that you are along on this ride with me. I hope you get some value out of the show. I hope it makes you laugh. I hope it makes you think. And I hope that you are enjoying the time as much as I am. With that said, I will be back again next week with another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 